If you're doing video marketing to grow your business, YouTube has become so essential in your plan. But what happened if YouTube went away today or somebody bought YouTube and it entirely changed? What would we do? What do we rely on YouTube for and what would we do next? And one of the things for business is I would just say, well, my, a lot of people might try something like a third party video holder or a video uploader called Vimeo or a lot of other services. What would you, what would be the first thing you would think about Shelly? If someone said YouTube is dead, we need to adjust. Well, first thing I would do is think about the existing catalog and library of videos, how much there is, where to put it and how people would still be able to access oh. it. So that's one of the first steps that I would go is through an inventory because a lot of the time the information is good. You want to keep it available and alive. So then you're going to start exploring options. Does this mean that my web hoster can provide it? Do I need to buy storage so that people can play it through the cloud? Can I do something like upload it to a different video site or link to it? Or do those video sites allow me to embed? And so there would be a laundry list of questions that I would go through. But first and foremost is how do we not break the customer experience because they are accustomed wow. to videos or information or us communicating with them via that way. So I would look at something like that first. Well, yeah, let's presume that Google is still alive. YouTube is dead, but Google is still alive somehow. Some strange dystopian universe. This is what happened. Well, you're right in that, let's say it was going away and you had some advanced timing, you would want to download those videos. And YouTube and other services do permit downloading of your own videos. And so that's one way you could recover them if you're not, you're, if you're like me and don't have a fantastic, super organized way of looking at every <laughs> single old video going back years. But for a business, you definitely want to be found. And that's what YouTube really helps you do if you are an authority in your space is it helps you get found. So if there was another video service, we presume that Google would index it, whether it was Vimeo or if you uploaded to Instagram or LinkedIn or TikTok or whatever, that YouTube would go, that Google would go to the extra way to, the extra mile to index those Okay, well, what about new videos? What about new videos? What, where would you put those? Well, for one second, I'm going to back up and say, yeah. because you said I'm not very organized or I don't know how, you know, I sure. stored all of my stuff before. One thing that you might suggest or look at and have it be part of the quarterly kind of channel checkup anyway for anyone who has a YouTube channel, especially a brand or business, is going to be to use the channel backup feature inside of TubeBuddy. If you're on star right. level or higher, you have the ability to download into a CSV file an entire, you can back up your entire channel or just since your last backup. And what it does is it will download into then these data fields. What were the tags that you used? What was the description that you used? What was the link to the video? What was the original video file name? And you can even download some of these comments. So if you wanted to, you could still archive pretty much pieces of your channel. So if you need to go through and comb for new video ideas, if you needed to know what originally was the date that I uploaded this, which one of the videos did have the most views, which of these videos was the one that was released in live stream versus other, when did we share them on social media, and then you can even go hunt them down. So just something that is overly quick yeah. to just 
pass by really quickly, but it can be beneficial, especially for if YouTube has not gone down and you have a social media person on your team who doesn't have access to your YouTube channel, they'll then have all this information. What did they originally say about you know, the video in the description? They can have a two-sentence blurb along with a tweet with the original link. I mean, stuff like that is just super valuable, I think, for an entire team that's working together. But to answer your question then, if we were to put new videos, where would we put them? Mm-hmm. It's also going to come down to my favorite. It depends. Are they vertical? How long are they? Because if you're still looking for free different places, you know, could it be on a TikTok? Could it be on an Instagram? Because you could do up to 10 minutes. Are you trying to do them behind some sort of paywall? Because you could do a series over there. Are you trying to put them under some sort of membership site where they give you a certain amount of storage as well? So it depends on how much new video, how much like access you're giving to people or how you plan to do that. If it's behind a paywall, there's just always more questions than answers when you talk to me. <laughs> you know, that's a very interesting thing that you said, a membership site, like a Uscreen, like a Kajabi, like a Thinkific. Or a Patreon, a Thinkific, uh, yeah, anything. Because... One thing about YouTube, which is great for business, is that you can upload things for free. However, they're after they watch your video, they're off to watch somebody else's video. So if we found a way to say, hey, listen, for you folks, we're not going to charge you or we're going to charge you a very small amount or some sort of something where our best customers, we're trying to drive them into our own community even before they are customers they're proto customers they're customers who are being nurtured but but you really want to come behind our wall in our secret area in our beginners area for people who are thinking about being customers sort of like people on your newsletter people on your newsletter may or may not be customers yet but you're trying to nurture them well this would be one say come to our free club where this is only for people like you, but now you have a lot of super engagement. That could even happen on a Discord community because you can basically live stream or capture a live stream through like a virtual cam or something or screen recording or whatever, bring it into uh, Discord, and then as it's Mm -hmm. an unlisted or private YouTube video, you could then leave that link inside the Discord as for replay or have it just be for, you know, viewable by certain members with certain roles. So that's another sometimes low-cost effective way to create a membership as well. Now, if YouTube was gone today... One of the things that I would be worried about is how do I advertise to my customers? Because YouTube is a phenomenal advertising platform that's within Google, but it's not the same. And as someone who has a performance-based agency, vidaction.tv, where we help businesses and we don't actually charge them. We only charge them when we actually make sales or drive significant leads for them. I would have to be looking for a new platform. Would it be, would I really start to focus on LinkedIn ads, which are right now are prohibitively expensive? Would we find some other, would we have to go to niche sites? Would we have to do the WordPress advertising or the Quora advertising? Or would I dive right into TikTok and Instagram and Facebook? Or would there be some other way, with some third way that things uh, started to happen So that'd be something I would be thinking about. And you'll notice, Shelley, 
I did a way of introducing myself, Dane Golden, and dropping my own little promo in there for vidaction.tv for people who want to receive business without actually paying if it's a SaaS platform type of thing, if you want to drive leads and sales. Now I want to give you a chance to promo your business, Shelly Saves the Day. <laughs> well, thank you. So I am Shelly Saves the Day, and I have two businesses, one of which is for people who have a video podcast or long video on demand type of videos. You are looking to create YouTube shorts or short form vertical video. I have a company that does that called Content Minis. And then the other is if you are someone who is a brand or business looking to grow your reach and authority on YouTube, you can always reach out to me for coaching and consultation. Content Minis. I'm going to be We make your, your content person. just smaller. <laughs> I think the tagline is it's your content just smaller. Content Minis, your content only Just smaller. smaller. <laughs> it should be your content, only smaller. The smaller <laughs> should be a deep voice, only yeah. smaller. So, okay, YouTube ads. What would you do instead of YouTube ads? Where should I go instead of YouTube ads to advertise? Because YouTube ads are a, I don't even know lately, what, $20, $60 billion yearly business? Mm -hmm. Where's all that ad dollars yeah. going to go? Well, you know, it's interesting because it could just move buckets from YouTube or Facebook. I'm sorry, into Facebook. I mean, because there's nothing stopping a lot of people from having a community with paid videos and a series over on Facebook. And depending if you get enough video views, you could get into their own creator monetization program over there if that was interesting to you. But never forget that because they're tied into Instagram and own it, they have the promoted posts available. So you can always, you know, spend money over there to promote some sort of course or brand or business or something that you're selling. You see it all the time. And so it's absolutely another way to not only host content for free over there, possibly profit from content over there, but drive sales and then leads to a website as well from there. One of the things that, that is our, sort of our third step in our content flywheel. So let me tell you about our content flywheel real quick here. So our content flywheel for YouTube actually starts on YouTube ads. We've done YouTube organic for years, but we changed where step one is because so many businesses, they get into YouTube, they're like great organic, but organic takes a long time to drive business and build business in some businesses just don't have that time. You know it's going to work, but you don't have that time. So I actually recommend now that people start with YouTube ads sort of the same way as those those Razors guys did. What were their names? The Billion Dollar Business? Oh, the, the Dollar Shave Club. Dollar Shave Club, yeah. They didn't have any organic videos. They had one YouTube ad that they did very well. And they sold to Unilever for a billion dollars. So they did okay without just with one type okay. of YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. If you target well, that's the thing that most people don't understand. They don't know how to do an ad and they don't know how to target well. And that's why we offer that service. But if you can target well, you don't have to spend a ton of money. That's where the flywheel starts, I believe. Next step is organic YouTube. So you need to do both. But it's paid, funnels organic, funnels website because... As it turns out, no one will ever buy anything from you actually while they're on the YouTube page. They actually have to go to some sort of landing page, some sort of website or third-party site. 
Unless it's built into the merch. Correction. Could be built into the merch shelf. In the center of that flywheel is the hub. The hub is email. So the other thing that's true about purchases is that no one ever buys something online without an email. There's no interaction that ever takes place without an email somehow. Wrong, right? Pretty hard to find an interaction. Integrated services such as like login with PayPal or Amazon, which provide the email for okay. you. Okay, okay, that's fair. That's would fair. Would be your closest exception. That's fair. So, uh, with this flywheel, well, I think I'm. I don't know if I'm drawing it in reverse or forward, but it doesn't matter. It's going in one direction anyway. So, YouTube ads, YouTube organic website, and that all creates the email list, which nurtures and grows. Now. I left out a lot of social media on that, but social media, I feel, is sort of the external. Or if you're like an astrophysicist, it's like a global cluster. Things are happening, comets are shooting in, shooting out, but if you can get those things settled, the social media is, can either be an add-on or a, an alternate universe. It's the other Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the other Spock, whatever you want. So that's anyway our flywheel. So that's why we believe that the website and how it integrates with YouTube is super important. And what YouTube can do is it can embed YouTube. I mean, websites can do is they can embed YouTube videos better than embedding any other platform. And what that does, if you're using YouTube and you're using your blog, is that those both go up and ranking on the Google homepage if you cross-reference them, if you point from one to the other or embed one in the other. And that's a big thing because while YouTube is the second most popular search engine, it's like 120th of Google. So it's still good. But if people are looking for something specific, which is often how people's exploration, their top of the funnel exploration starts, if you can grab them and that first video or that first link from Google that, that takes them into YouTube. Now, if you've done a good video, you are, you're the first person they found. That's the, Shelly's the first person I found that talks about content minis. Now I'm in her world and if I do a good job, I keep her in the content minis world. So YouTube's dead, Shelly. What's another thing that you would do to supplant it, replace it, fix it? Fix through your world. Well, one of the things I would definitely be looking at too is what is the business or thing that makes me money and what does my email list look like? Because sometimes you're using social media to attract and nurture, you know, like the brand new client, but sometimes it might be just as fruitful to upsell the people who are already in your world. You know, so is it possible then that you beef up email marketing and offers within your own email list? Possible. So it would depend email. on a few things, but it's something I would explore. Email. So I'm not going to a video site anymore. So email is a way of delivering video or you're delivering text or images or it could be either or. Uh-huh. Okay. We, we don't even know yet because I don't know the size of the list. I don't know the intended audience. If it's people who have previously purchased, people who've just expressed interest. I'm just, I'm curious at what point then you explore how email marketing goes into your existing pool slash of revenue. 
One of the things I was talking with a client recently about email, they're like, should, you know, how can we use email to grow our audience? Well, this particular client is one of the ones that's doing really well on television. There's some niches that do better in YouTube on television. Travel is one of them. Things where people really want to see things in a bigger experience. Email is not that good for driving TV viewership because you get an e- you don't get an email on TV. <laughs> you know, it's nothing to click mm-hmm. to that takes you on TV. So it depends on the niche, but we really actually recommend doing a nurture sequence for your business because if your business is if your business is the kind of business that takes six to eighteen months for someone to do business once they find you, which is a lot of businesses. You've got them at the beginning of that. How do you keep them? One of the ways is getting them to download something that that puts them on your email list. And then we create these nurture sequences. What we do is we take a YouTube tutorial or, you know, some sort of listicle or some sort of something on their YouTube channel. We turn that into a blog post, goes on their blog, and we turn it into an email that embeds the YouTube video and we have a fake play button because you can never actually play videos Mm -hmm. within an email, but you can make it look like you can play it. And then it goes to the, you click on it and it goes to the watch page on YouTube. That's three uses of the same content. That's already good content. It's already approved. Now they get something each week that is, Hey, if you're the person that wants to do X, Y, Z, take a look at this. Does everyone look at them? No, they don't. Interestingly enough, too, I always thought it was fascinating that YouTube specifies explicitly that it doesn't even have to be your thumbnail inside of the email that gets people to click because CTR and impressions don't count when they come from an email. So you could have some other image, not even your thumbnail, something that is more enticing, who knows? And those impressions don't count. I just always thought that was fascinating. I never really thought of impressions coming from email. I guess that would count as direct. Yeah, it's it starts as a session count, but they don't count it as an impression of the thumbnail. So I just I always thought that was fun because really you could put any image. Huh. I guess it must be accounted for in YouTube Analytics under direct traffic. Mm-hmm. But but the thumbnail, what the thumbnail sort of does is says, this is what you're going to get. You are going to get a video if you click this. And it sort of, I don't know, it sort of conditions you to, if you like them anyway, conditions you to like the concept of clicking on their videos, right? Hey, I click on their videos all the time. Really, actually, you're clicking on something in an email but you're clicking on it. The other thing that does is within the email, even though if, I mean, if they do open the email and they do click on the YouTube video, that's great because they're a very loyal audience and they're going to actually watch it. But even if they don't, if they just see your name, it's from Shelly and Shelly says you should do content minis at some point in your life. It's going to remind me of that. Excuse me. It's going to remind me of that. It's just going to remind me Shelly's there. Remind me I like Shelly. I like her. I must like her because I haven't unsubscribed yet. What about 
sharing. We do some sharing of YouTube on other platforms, and it gives, sort of gives us something to share. Now, the other, it's not as easy to share an Instagram to LinkedIn or vice versa. Is, would sharing as far as videos cross-platform be over? I mean, it's already sort of over. You know, I think that, honestly, depending on the size of your audience across these other platforms, it usually doesn't drive that much traffic in comparison to search or browse suggested. So it's just a little lift. You might get more if you have a very substantial email, maybe list that are coming in from it. But they've also, on all these other platforms, made it so much more difficult to share, where before you used to be able to see the thumbnail. Now you see the thumbnail in a square with a truncated title. And so you have to do other things like, here, let me import the photo of the thumbnail and then leave the the YouTube video link as a comment or, you know, somewhere underneath. So you still have something that's a prettier cover image. And then sometimes now, even when you do it, they'll try and launch in a YouTube video player inside of that native website. So they'll play it inside of Twitter instead right, of taking you right, to right. YouTube. And then you have to click on something to take you to YouTube specifically. So they certainly don't like it as much if it's just a link to a YouTube video. So you do have to do those other things like import some sort of photo natively to make it look like it's some sort of organic post on that platform. So does that then raise the bar of effort that is needed for people to be able to share effectively? Yeah. I mean, it takes low effort and you probably get low reward on the backside if you do it the lazy man's way. But I don't know how much more the lift is if you do it the correct way organically. And there's certainly different things, you know, like did you put an Instagram story with a swipe up link now that everyone has access to it? You know, did you do all these little tricks that we talk about? And so I think even when you do that, the amount of traffic that's coming from your other platforms, like I said, unless you are just gargantuan on these other platforms, I don't know how much of a lift overall that is going to impact on your metrics. Still worth doing but not maybe obsessing and stressing over. What about something like Twitch or Amazon live streaming or things like that? Would you see a lot more of that? Would live streaming and those platforms really go up? YouTube's dead, live streaming go up, or would they do a lot with those platforms decide they're going to do a lot more video on demand? Well, if the people who are on YouTube are also on Amazon. It's usually a product stream of talking about products that you found on Amazon. So it may or may not because they may just be, sorry, my puppy. That's all right. I think it's, that's all Shelly's puppy, everyone. That's all Shelly's Poor little guy. Puppy. He's 13 years old, everybody. He's 13. <laughs> he always likes to let me know he's listening. I think keep opinions. going. It's part of the music accompaniment to this podcast. Live streaming. <laughs> it's live. What can we say? You know, I think depending on the type of show that you have, unless you're doing something that is product specific, always talking about other things that aren't your brand or business. I mean, then maybe you might be multi-streaming or you might see it on Amazon, but otherwise I don't know if you're going to see that big of a lift in split splitting it out. One of the other things that people might do if YouTube died today is they might try to get people, they might really, be more focused on apps and get people coming on over to their own proprietary apps and app video, like see my app for video might happen a lot more. 
I'm not the person that yeah. goes and downloads the app for every company, but maybe that would change if this was a different world. I think also companies like Wistia and Vidyard and other companies like that who have business players and other people who have uh, sort of like HubSpotty type uh, funnel video trackers, I think those people would start to see more business also because they're good at saying, okay, your customer watched X percent of this video. Now encourage them to take this action. So funnel-based video, I guess, is what I'm saying, yeah. would certainly see an uptick. And, you know, there's no reason businesses shouldn't be using that. Today, it's just a lot don't. Yeah, I could see also the rise of, you know, if YouTube went down and Mr. Beast needed a place to yeah. host his videos, he would be the person to have an app that people could download and see previous or older content and then probably dubbed versions in different languages and different things like that. So I could almost see that or some sort of like Patreon type of place where, you know, they have a free level and then... I could maybe see that, and so it would be growing these membership sites. But I think, like you just touched on, there would be choice exhaustion. Like, I don't want to, for my top five or ten creators, download ten different apps. Maybe, and that's the whole point of YouTube, you want, you know, the one place where you can come and find all the people that you want to watch. And so there's going to be then this rise of perhaps some sort of other video hosting platform of, you know, where everyone can be all together because the whole segregated experience isn't actually a good experience for most of the viewers either. So I guess in all these things, imagining this dystopian world where YouTube is gone, I guess what that's what we've learned that there, there is a lot of value for business doing, doing YouTube. Uh, you know, one of the only other players yeah. I could, I mean, really confidently come out and say yeah. maybe they could step up to some of this would be Amazon. Um, hosting video in AWS, having integrations with a lot of people's websites are all hosted on AWS using mm -hmm. their, um, you know, or you know, uh, databases. Because I don't think Microsoft would take it on. I think the only other one who would be aggressive enough to maybe go after or something like that, and because of Amazon's reach into Super Twitch and the streaming thing, I feel like they would be one of the only other people like poised to take it on. Yeah. Well, they certainly know how to host video. That's not mm -hmm. a question, particularly since they not only host Twitch, but they also host Amazon Prime. Prime video, yeah. And they host Netflix. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so good topic today, Shelly. Until next week, how can people find Shelly Saves the Day? You can hang out with me on YouTube under Shelly Saves the Day or check out my website where you'll find all the info for coaching, consultation, and con content minis which is shellysavestheday.com content minis your content only smaller, smaller. <laughs> <laughs> and i'm dane golden vid action tv is my youtube channel where we are uploading some of these audio podcasts as video and you can see our shiny bright faces bright shiny faces we can see them both and my, um, uh, if you want to talk to me directly, book a call, a consulting call. Go to talktodane.today. Until next week, here's to helping you help your customers through video.